We are brought to you by our production team, Upstarter Podcast Network, a virtual podcast production and management company whose unique and customizable approach helps anyone, anywhere, turn their passions into a podcast and walk them through all aspects from recording virtually, editing, social media assets, monetization, a custom show growth strategy, and all other little details. My experience with Upstarter has been unreal. I hand them everything. They take the lead. I can focus on making the show and creating the content. So if you are a creator that is looking to expand their personal brand with a podcast or a business that wants to increase awareness and credibility, sign up for a free consult today and learn more. You can go to upstarterpods.com or upstarter pods on instagram and let them know that brand meet creator sent you welcome to brand meet creator podcast with me harley jordan and sonia elise a place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry so pull up a chair and grab a notebook it's time to shed some light on the ever-changing instaverse Let's bring them out, bring them out. Today, we have a Meet the Creator panel with two all-influence management influencers, the Mandy Emerson and Brett Shuford have joined us today to chat about their rise to Instagram fame and all the tips and tricks about showing up online. So let's meet the creators. Brett Shuford is an openly LGBTQ, I always mess up that acronym, okay, working actor and coach behind Creative Life. He has performed, produced, choreographed, and directed dozens of Broadway, regional, national tours, viral videos, television and film productions from Wicked to Wolf of Wall Street, and as a certified life coach, has helped creatives all over the world move from imposter to influencer with the creative marketing map. He is also one half of the lifestyle blog, Broadway Husbands, with his husband and new baby Maverick, Mandy Emerson earned a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree with a focus on dance and musical theater. After graduation, she set out to Los Angeles to audition for All Things Performing, which landed her on a Royal Caribbean cruise line traveling the world. A fellow COVID glow-up story, just like myself, um, she jumped into social media in, the er in early 2020 and has now built the Fierce Social Society membership to bring like-minded, ambitious, uplifting women together to share ideas, encourage and empower each other to reach Goals they never thought possible. Woo! Both of these people. Oh my goodness. Guys, guys, guys. Okay. We have some big time, big time guests here who have been around the block in the performing world, putting themselves out there comes so naturally, basically born and bred to be online as an influencer. So here's, here's, here's where I want to start. COVID hit. We all jumped into Instagram. Brett, is that correct for you? Did you have a following before the world shut down? I had a following before. I had, I think, maybe 12,000 followers just mm -hmm. from the different Broadway shows and things I had done. But um, I was not full-time at all. And I went full-time pandemic. Right. Yeah. How did it feel jumping in in the beginning? Um, it's, it's, I think it, coming from the world I come from, there's such a judgment and such a like, disdain for like the idea of influencer and i don't know maybe that happens in in a, for a lot of people because i think there's been some pretty fake people out there who've grown their following over the years and and so i was always a little apprehensive to like fully own it because i felt 
so much judgment from other people. But mm-hmm. I think at some point, you just kind of reach this point where it's like, fuck it. Like, I, I know I can do this. I know I can do this. Hopefully set, set a better example, maybe change the way that this operates, you know? And, and so I think once I, once you just kind of move through that, and that's, that's why I talk about the imposter, right? I think that's, I, once you kind of like make that decision, it's like, you just kind of have to go full throttle and not, not hold back, you know? Yes. You know, it's so funny that you say that because I was just talking to uh, another cheerleader who was on my team when I was competing. And he was like, you, you are always just so comfortable with like putting yourself out there. Like, I don't know how you do that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Me? Wait, are you talking, are you talking about the same person? Because I don't, I don't feel that way from the inside. It's the same thing. People would say that to me all the time. You're so comfortable putting yourself out there. Or I remember somebody said to me at one point, somebody who I really respect, who ironically, she's great. She should follow her. Um, her, <laughs> name, her name is Paula Leggett Chase. She's, she has this whole hashtag called Antique Showgirl. She's a Broadway uh-huh. showgirl who's like in her, I don't know, she's like in her 60s now, but she can still kill it. And um, she's now got 50,000 followers. But I remember like 10 years ago, her saying to me, you're so good at marketing. And I was like, mm-hmm. I am. I am like, I didn't think of myself as a marketer at all. I just was always willing to just tell stories and put things out in the world. And, and, and that was when it kind of hit me like, Oh, maybe I should actually like own that and not be like, so like kind of, yeah, like, I like dabbling, you know what I mean? Right. No, I mean, no one wants to dabble. I don't, I don't want to dabble in anything. I want to be good at everything. I want to dominate. (laughs) I want to dominate. Mandy, Mandy, (laughs) tell me your domination story. <laughs> COVID hit. How did you feel? You jumped in in May. So I had previous experience with social media before that, but I really didn't put a lot of weight into it. I'd always mm-hmm. loved the idea of social media and creating content, especially video content with YouTube. Honestly, one day, I, it was actually when I came back from an Australian itinerary and I was coming back to the States. So my my sleep schedule was all messed up. And I was like two o'clock in the morning watching YouTube videos and I stumbled upon makeup videos. And I was like, I'm going to be a makeup artist and I'm going to make makeup videos. (laughs) Like, who am I? I don't know. But then I started making beauty tutorials out of nowhere. But I, even though I wasn't like skilled at makeup, I learned that I was actually fairly good at picking up on tech video stuff. So I already had that under my belt. So then when the pandemic hit, I wasn't in love with the job that I had. I was working in um, the cosmetic industry, which was uh-huh. fine, but it, I knew that wasn't my be all end all. I was working for um, Tarte Cosmetics, so I was their sales and edu- like brand education. So I would go into Ulta's and Sephora's oh. or wherever Tarte was sold, um, educate on new product releases, have events for new product releases, help with sales. As if that so relate. Like this is just such an easy progression. <laughs> I know it like it has to do and I learned a good amount of sales, but just I feel like that's where my um my craft for serving people showed up because it mm-hmm. wasn't if I didn't like a product, I wasn't about to shove it into somebody's hand. And right. like I couldn't get past that. Like some people were like, just show them how this works. And I'm like, yeah, but if it's a bad product, I'm not gonna tell people about it. So, anyways, that I mean that I feel like also played into where I'm at now. But when the pandemic hit lost my job. A lot of people did. I mean, I was at the bottom of the totem pole with mm-hmm. employment with the company. So it wasn't like I right. lost my job. I feel almost bad saying that because there are people that really did lose their jobs that they were with for right. you know years and decades. So it was kind of one of those like lost, 
like, okay, goodbye. It was kind of a blessing to me. <laughs> right. I, I had a very similar situation too. I was, yeah. I was the last to be hired. So I was supposed to be right. fired. And as much as like, yeah, it sucks. Like didn't have a job. Like totally. Uh, I, I can't, I can't feel for, or I can't right. relate to the right. bigger version of that. Absolutely. So I was just kind of twiddling my thumbs for a little bit and thought, you know what? Better time as any as right now. I'm not doing anything. Might as well just like pour everything into social media. So it really started out with, <laughs> I started with the things that I knew, which was makeup, social yeah. media, marketing, being a newlywed. I'd literally been married for a minute. I got married in October, but listen, I had experience. So I was going to talk about being a newlywed, <laughs> <laughs> pulling from the things that I knew. But of course, social media and Instagram marketing tips and whatever pulled the most interest. So then I poured more and more into that. And as the months went on, um, I honed in on who I was talking to, which I thought would be influencers and bloggers. Turns mm -hmm. out it's actually entrepreneurs and small business owners. Got my first client in September. So it was a, it was a progression. But I honestly don't think I would change anything about it. I love saying that I used to talk about newlywed stuff because it's <laughs> so funny. But at the same time, like you just got to start somewhere. So it was an interesting progression. <laughs> Brett, did you talk about anything that you don't talk about now? Or where was the, tell me about a pivot. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I mostly started talking just about acting, right? Because I yeah. was working on Broadway and I remember... It was really like 2015, 2016, I made this big commitment. I was like, I'm going to post a YouTube video every week for a year and okay. see how it goes. I die. It was a lot of work. I don't know how, I don't know how you both do it all, to be honest. Well, well I, I, I would say the same, the same about question. you, but anyway, um, <laughs> I look at you and I'm like, how does this girl, yeah. <laughs> um, but she has a backyard to die for. So you anyway, <laughs> priorities so anyway um i i did a series of videos that i would do on youtube every week and it was uh one was called broadway husbands which is where that was born out yeah. of one was called broadway life which was like i would interview i would literally go backstage to broadway theaters and interview performers and talk wow. about their life working on broadway and then i had something that's called backstage with brett and that was like literally me like in the dressing room at a Broadway theater or like kind of vlog style. Basically kind of get stuff. ready with me. <laughs> I love that so much. I would do like original like scripted or like music video kind of content. Oh and God. I did that for a year. And you I said almost music video type died. of content. <laughs> You're going to die when you see it. But some of it's really freaking good. And, and yet I didn't understand why it wasn't getting views. I was like, this is oh. so high quality. This is so good. And like, no one's viewing it. I'm like, this should be viral. I had, and that was when I went, really started to kind of like, okay, what is analytics? Mm -hmm. What is insights? Like, what are keywords? Like, I didn't understand any of that stuff before I did that. And I'm, I, you know, if I hadn't done that, I probably never would have really gone on that deep dive into understanding that stuff. But Broadway Husbands was the most popular content on that channel. And it was then that I was like, maybe we yep. should create a separate Instagram you know, platform for Broadway husbands. And now it's become, you know, a revenue stream, which is so cool. So let's talk about that good content thing, because I hear that all the time. We were just talking about this with our, with our cameras as we're filming this thing. <laughs> Brett has this ridiculous DSLR 
beautiful camera. camera. <laughs> and Mandy and I are like glitching over here. <laughs> we totally <So> what, are. <laughs> what? <laughs> I We see this a lot where people are like, okay, wait, how much quality is necessary? What was your experience with what actually made it viral content versus what made it quality content? There is a difference. The first, well, so the, I feel like the first thing that comes to mind whenever this happened for me, I'm thinking like, this is really good. Why isn't anybody else catching on to how good this is? And the only thing that I can really think of is I, it's, it's about me. I made the content about me. And so mm-hmm. I'm a little bit biased in it yes. versus when you make content that serves and helps other people that's when that starts to really pick up. But listen here, I, I would love to see your music video behind the scenes stuff <laughs> because that's like a peek into, and to kind of play off that too, I have two videos that have like thousands upon thousands of views on YouTube and they are room tours of my room on the ship. Even though I would do all these other, you know, behind yes. the scenes vlog things, Anytime that I did something behind the scenes that people normally don't get to see, it either gives them that view that they normally wouldn't get, or it's super interesting and serves them and helps them in some way. That content always does and did really well versus stuff that was just about me really fell flat because not to sound, not to sound like, I don't mean for this to sound bad, but like, who the hell am I for people to care? Like at the time, who the yes. hell am I for people to care about me? Did you guys see um, the documentary um, Inventing Anna? Yes. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Okay, when she's talking to the um, gallery curator, mm-hmm. and she's like, no offense, but like, who the hell is Anna? Like, who are you? Yeah. No offense, you're probably a great person, but like, unless you're a person of interest, then why right. should I take interest? So that's kind of what I think. I don't know, Brett. Over to you, Brett. Yeah, no, I, I just, I think that's true. I think that there is, I think especially now, I think people really are only consuming content through the lens of of themselves. Yeah. Because I, I don't know that it was like that. Agreed. Ten, Agreed. Five, 10 years ago. But now it's like, everyone's like, you're not going to give me some sense of value, whether it's laughter, joy, or right. I, I yeah. get a discount or whatever, then, then I'm not going to consume you. And, and I think it's just like that, that evolution of, of what's happened. But I will say like the highest performing content that I have is the least effortful content <laughs> that I made. Right. I mean, I, it's like the stuff that I just like, Ooh, I could do this really quick. This, this lighting is great. And I'll just set my phone here against this rock and I'll do it. And it has like <laughs> 2.5 million views. Right. You're just like, uh, <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch, but I guess I'll do this lip sync. <laughs> I, I totally agree though. I think that was the biggest thing for me was switching to a mindset of how does this matter for someone else? Am I creating this for myself or yeah. am I talking to a friend? Because if I really wouldn't send this to a friend or answer a friend's question with my content, then why does it, why would right. I create it? You know, because that's not serving someone else. And that can be secret telling. Like, Of course, I want to hear the secret. Of course, I want to hear the tea of what's happening behind the scenes. And I want to know what's in your refrigerator. And I want to know everything under your makeup routine. Like, tell me about your skincare. Definitely. But make it about me as a viewer, not about 
you as a creator? What I had to realize for myself that most of the people who started following me, right, they followed me because I was an entertainer. They followed Mm -hmm. me because I was working on Broadway or I was doing theater or whatever. And that's really where my strengths lie. Like I know how to tell a story in in a lot of different mediums. Right. And once I started to stop trying to do what everybody else was doing, like stop trying to be an influencer, quote Mm -hmm. unquote. And I just started being like Brett. And like, these are the things Brett's passionate about. I'm going to share about them. If you don't like them, unfollow like you know and and once i started doing that and and using that skill set of storytelling and entertaining to do that was when i started to notice an increase right mandy do you follow anyone in i mean i know you follow people in your niche hello both of us but do you scroll do you watch that content how much what's your boundary of i can't watch this i can't consume this I probably, because I've been doing this for a little bit now, I don't know that I could ever take off the market research lenses mm-hmm. that I always have on. Um, but there there are times, which is really interesting that you ask that, there are times that I will get stuck in the scroll and I will be in there for, I don't even too want long. to say, it, way too yeah, long. disgusting. Almost, almost to the point where I get to the end of it and I'm like, I just feel like garbage right now. Yeah. Because then I've like slipped into the, why haven't I done that? And that's so yeah. good. That's so easy to do. Why haven't we're, and I just, then I start getting into the comparison. So I'm actually, I try and be really careful about that because knowing that I can fall into that really easily, I just don't want to do that to myself. So I try and be more intentional when it comes to that scroll, but I, I feel like we're all, we're all human when it comes to that you get stuck on one thing and it's just like breathing. All of a sudden your finger starts doing this like scroll motion. You're like, Wait a minute. Stop. Stop what you're doing. Put that away. Brett, do you, do you scroll in your niche? I do. I mean, I'm constantly looking for inspiration and looking for um, what other people are doing. So I do, I, I tend to go. I feel like you take inspiration from other niches though. You scroll outside of your niche. I I do. And I think it's super important to do that because I find that the diversification of my content is really what makes me stand out. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people who were like, I made this piece of content last week about the reels bonuses. And oh my gosh, you would have thought I told everyone that their mother was on fire. Like it was (laughs) unbelievable. The comments, the reactions, the people who like, came to me and like, I'm not getting any bonuses. And I can't can't stand the real bonus conversation. This is every time I go. And then I go look at their content and I'm like, you make three reels a week and they're all, they're, they're all your dog. They're all about you. (laughs) And like your views are not high. Like they're not going to invite you if, and, and I find like, I'll make a reels that is about Disney or about, being a dad or about coffee or whatever. And sometimes it's like, it gets a few thousand views. And sometimes it just, it just, for some reason will hit 20, 30, 40,000 views. And I don't really know why it's, it's just, it's all about trial and error. And that's to me what I love about it. That's why I just create, I create stuff that I feel is relevant. I create stuff that I feel is relatable And I create stuff that I try to just make people feel like, oh my God, he gets me. Like, that's it. I, so I'm, he's so with me. 
and screw the fucking Reels bonuses. Everyone just <laughs> fuck it. Stop worrying how about much, it. How much do you make from Reels bonuses a month? Well, you have to think about this. I have like, we have three accounts, right? So Steven has an account. I have an account and Broadway Husbands. So we probably total, we get about $1,500 to $2,000 a month. Do you really? Mandy, how much do you make from Reels bonuses? Um, I'm in between the 500 to $700 a month. What? Okay, here's here's the piece that I think is so unfair, and this really pushes my buttons, is that the views count separately. So it doesn't matter that I have high views because Instagram gives me 150 bucks regardless of how many views that I get. Oh, really? (gasps) Yeah, I get 150 bucks every month. That's interesting. Like 111 to 100 and to 200 somewhere. That's so interesting. Well, okay, so my my bonus right now is absurdly. It's just dumb. And Mine's 84 also, million. Yes, same. And it says yeah. like we're testing out this to even I'm like, why are you testing that out? I don't even know a single reel. That <laughs> I don't know gotten, anyone that does that. <laughs> I don't know any like if you really even think about it, I don't know any reels that have gotten I've not seen one that has over five million. Like the highest reel I've seen, view. Yeah, I've seen six million recently. I had one client come to me months ago with a random reel that didn't even make sense literally didn't make sense and i think this is why it went viral um with 50 mil and that is absurd like that's just such a that's just like such a crazy i can't count that high in my lifetime no absolutely not we but we know (laughs) we know when a reel catches it it takes it takes but it takes a little bit to get to that million view number Longer than 30 days, I would bet you. So if even if you got it on day one of your bonus, like it's not going to get to a million or even like 5 million within that 30 days. So like you're telling me you, I have to create 84 reels and all of them have to get to, uh, no, that's a, no. I mean, Brett's in the opposite base camp. You just said, (laughs) well, you can't just be posting three reels a week. I'm over here like, well, how about four? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that I, you know, to me, I find that the the point is the bonuses should not be the reason that you're making them. Like, Everyone who's like, oh my God, I don't have the reels bonuses. I'm like, look, even if you did, you could probably like pay for one dinner this month. Right. You know? Right. So stop doing it for that reason. Yes. Um, you know, but it is nice to have additional revenue stream. It's like, you know, at least it's something, you know? <laughs> um, but I just, think, I guess my point is like, I just find it really interesting how people do tend to overthink. Oh yeah. When it comes to making content. Mandy. You are this bubbly makeup girl. How do you think, and you've created multiple viral sounds. This is kind of a pivot, but yeah. How have you navigated that in being this badass in business? Such a good question. I was actually just talking to my husband about this and I've said this um, home to other people before, but um, I grew up in grade school and in college just kind of as like portrayed as the dumb blonde ditzy girl Mm -hmm. that didn't have anything in her head and I hated that so much because Mm -hmm. I was like I'm so much more and I I actually found myself falling into that a couple of times like everyone just knew me as like Mandy (laughs) what's up you know and I just I was like I'm so much I'm so much more than that so then when I was truly given this opportunity to then dive into entrepreneurship and make something for myself I was like balls to the wall, no holding back. I'm just going to go for it. 
I, I don't know. It was just kind of one of those, like, I will not be known as ditzy blonde, nothing yeah. in her head, Mandy. N- absolutely not. So I'm not, when it comes to, and I think this might come from the performing side of things when you're on stage, like you're, everything's just out there. And if you mess up, you just, you can either like cower and be afraid and run off stage, or you can like sit there and own it and make something of it. And I yeah. love to be able to make something if of it. If you mess it. up I the dance like moves, you better make the audience believe that those were the dance true. moves. Yes. <laughs> I think that's such an opportunity. That moment right there, you can either run off and like cower in a corner. And I say cower in a corner, I shouldn't say that. You can run away from it, or you can choose to make it an opportunity to like, evolve, make it better or whatever, learn from that, that moment. And just like, keep moving forward. I choose to keep moving forward. So when it comes to all these different changes on Instagram and the different and business, and now we're kind of going into, they haven't officially said it, but like, let's be honest, we're going into a session. Like the economy is wackadoodle Mm -hmm. instead of like sitting, you know, and hugging my knees up to my chest and be like, Oh my God, what's the good? I'm going to do. I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. let's just go for it. Let's go find, let's get creative with it. Like faced with adversity, let's figure something out and just do the dang thing and say that we tried. If it falls flat. All right, fine. But I would much rather say that I tried than not. So I I think it's just that mentality of like, I'm ready to take messy action. I don't care what it looks like. I just want to be known as the person that tried and maybe something really magical can come out of it. You know, this has been a huge learning experience for me too, because I've had such a chip on my shoulder about having to insert myself in conversations, insert my brain into conversations. And I I was really self-conscious about that in every other work environment. I was in these very male dominated industries. I was in I worked in a celebrity training facility. So you had these big macho male trainers. I worked in a Fortune 500 construction company for a second. Again, same thing. Brett's like cringing at that. <laughs> I know. And I'm looking at his face. He's like, no. <laughs> yeah. so I remember. And like, keep in mind, I, I had more certifications. I had a, a lot more education than some of these trainers that I would ta- I was talking to. And I remember walking into conversations and trying to like casually slip my max back squat into the conversation because I felt like I needed right then and there to grasp some kind of leverage and credibility and respect. And it worked and that's tragic. And so going into Instagram, now I'm doing the same thing of like learning how to not throw out, to just insert my brain into things because if I'm being me, if I'm being bubbly ex cheerleader performer, then I'm going to meet my people. I don't need the people that need to, you know, put me down for anything. I think that's kind of where, you know, for me, where this all stemmed from similarly, and is that I was doing, this is the thing, like, I had a dream to be on Broadway from when I was six years old, right? That's Mm -hmm. all I ever wanted out of life. And then you get there, and you're like, now what? Like I literally hadn't thought past that moment. It's a ha- crisis. <laughs> right. And it happened for me at 26 or 25. Right. Yeah. So then I was like, I don't know what, you know, and you're just, I'm just supposed to do eight shows a week. And, you know, and then when the show closes, I have no job. And then yeah. like, I didn't know what to do. And I was searching and searching and searching and searching and still trying to get 
these people in this community, this Broadway community, the theater community to, to approve of me because that's mm -hmm. what has to happen in order to work is like, they have to, they have to hire you. They have to like you. Right. They have to want to work with you. And I remember it was like my eighth, it was, I was doing wicked my last Broadway show before the pandemic hit. And I got into that show thinking, this is glorious. This is the job that's going to help me start my family. I'm going to have a baby. This is, this show's never going to close because it's wicked. Mm -hmm. And I was miserable. I was there for a couple months and I was like, I don't like not having autonomy. I don't like yeah. having to take notes from people. I like being my own boss. I don't like them telling me what I can and can't do. And then I also just didn't like that the environment it was a toxic environment. And I was like, <laughs> why am I making money for these people when I know I know I have it in me to make money for myself? And when the pandemic hit, it was like, boot to the butt, do this. <laughs> And I'm so glad I did. And I think that there's so many people who don't understand it's so capable. It is so within their power. Yes. If they can just go, you know what? I'm I wanna I wanna I want to own this. I wanna mm -hmm. own who I am and I'm gonna put who I am out into the world. Right. Put more out there. Talk on that reel. Like <laughs> just do it. Just just put yourself out there. What's the what's the worst that can happen? Like your friends are going to judge you. Your your relatives are going to judge you. Rude. <laughs> That's rude. Well, yeah. yeah. And once those, the, I'm not making, I'm not making it for them. They're not yeah. my people. <laughs> Mandy, I see you shaking your head. What's going through there? No, I, I could not agree more with everything you just said, Brett. Um, I thought one of the funny things that you said, um, how toxic the environment is. It's just so funny to me. And I like, I feel like we've all been there. It's just so funny to the me to me that outsiders that are not performers look at us and we're like, oh, what's such a glamorous life? I'm like, oh my God, if you only knew how toxic this <laughs> environment can be. And I feel like that's kind of made us resilient to trolls online because we're like, mm -hmm. you like don't hold a candle to the crap that I went through. <laughs> oh my God. I, I have this vivid memory of being, of cheering in college and we're like doing something across the floor and our coach stops us, stops us and he starts screaming. All of you are stupid. All of you are going nowhere in life. Da, 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 like just yelling. And I'm like sitting there laughing because I'm like, <laughs> what, what, what just happened? Like, what are you kidding? Because we like messed up on a pass because we didn't walk fast enough. Like what's, what's is happening? This real life? <laughs> I think the problem with trolls, and I think everybody goes through this in the beginning, is we think that because one person has said it, everybody also thinks the yes. same. And that's where our mindset goes. So just flipping that, it is literally one person out of a, a great big sea of all these other people that are singing your praises and that are mm -hmm. giving you compliments and that are saying, thank you so much for this. But that yep. one little voice we seem to then duplicate into a whole bunch of other voices. And it's, yep. it's not true. It's one person. And yep. I tend to think like, gosh, I feel, I feel kind of bad for that person that they are either really unhappy in their own life or they are like so frustrated by something that has absolutely nothing to do with me. But because yep. I, my content, my reel just showed up on their screen right mm -hmm. at the perfect time. 
it actually has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with something else that they're going through. And I'm sad for them because no, I don't want people to be sad or unhappy in their lives. I ideally want everyone to be happy. Mm -hmm. Right. So then you think like, this actually has nothing to do with me. Once I made that shift, like I could care less about what people have to say about me on the internet. First of all, you don't know me. You don't know my heart clearly. And I also feel bad for you because this doesn't have anything to do with me. It has everything to do with them. Brett, you've experienced that recently. Yeah, we we had this, um, Harley kind of actually helped me through this moment because there was this guy who's who's actually like somebody who's perfect, perfectly part of our community. Um, on Broadway Husbands, we posted something where we were waiting in line for Social Security office. And I think it was a two hour line or something. And I was just sharing about it. I'm like, this is kind of silly that like you can get a gun in like, a matter of hours, but I, it's yep. going to take me four weeks to get a social security card. I don't understand it. And then there was like a moment inside where I took, a, I put a story post and I put COVID in quotes and, and it wasn't, it was just like grammatical. It was just like, Oh, I'm like, okay, I'm going to post something in the stories. It wasn't even anything. I was like, I'm going to prove some sort of point about the well, pandemic. What you, said, I, what you said was you made a joke about, the social security line being like a Disneyland ride, but you don't get to meet Peter Pan at the end. Yeah, I <laughs> was like, only a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. I was like, if we're going to wait in line for two and a half hours, at least let me ride Peter Pan's flight. And I think I put Tinkerbell, Tinkerbell on a slider and this guy came at me and he's like... <laughs> it was very like, purposeful. I, but I put Tinkerbell on the slider. You should have known it was a joke. Oh, dear <laughs> that was a joke. Um, and this guy came at me and... And not only did he come at me, like he came at us like in the DMs and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like that wasn't meant to be anything. It was just gr- grammatical. And he just kept trying to like read me. And I've never been read like this. And his account had like 124,000 followers. So I was like, he's like clearly like followed by people in the gay community. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, this is part of our audience. I want to make sure they feel yeah. taken care of. I was like, well, you know, it's, it. listen, it wasn't, it was a mishap. If you don't want to, Follow me, unfollow me, no problem. He took screenshots of the DMs, shared them in his stories, tagged us on all of them, told his audience, Brett Schufert and Stephen Hanna are, mm. are behind Broadway Husbands, go follow them and tell them that they're wrong. I, it was just like another level of like, I've never, ever, ever, anyone who knows us knows like we're fully vaccinated. We've survived the pandemic through New York. We just had a baby. Like, I don't know. It was just like one of those things. And I was like, you do want to take care of your audience. But like, at some point I, I said, cause I, I said, listen, you know, we're getting some hate speech and I, and I just don't really appreciate you doing that. And he was like, well, I'm not taking it down. I was like, I'm not telling you to take it down. You can keep it up. And I think that's the thing we have to realize. Mm-hmm. Like, You're not my people. Yeah. And if you if like you can slant you can slander me all you want. The people who know me, mm-hmm. they know me. They know my heart. They know yeah, where exactly. we come from. At, at the end of the day, number one, that's against community guidelines. This is what fired me up was that the reposting of DMs is against community guidelines. You're shaming someone, you're promoting bullying and harassment, which happened after. And Instagram, actually, I reported every single one of these story slides and Instagram came back with their little report update and said, 
denied. We're not taking them down. This was fine. So it just seems it seems so backwards that someone can go after you and your livelihood, literally your livelihood. Yeah, I, I, I think that's it's fascinating, too, because like he's like this guy was part of the gay community. Like yeah. I was like, we're part we're on the same side here, dude. Right. Like. And I think that's really the the hard thing to to comprehend in those situations is like, why would you try to quote unquote hold someone who's already mm-hmm. being accountable? And by the way, this is this is the thing for anyone listening. If someone isn't willing to put their name on their account or their face right. on their account, right? Mm-hmm. This is essentially a meme account, and they're going to come after you. Not only are they a troll, they're a coward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I I guess I, I just don't I can't wrap my head around people like that. I don't I don't yeah. understand. Like our our world has enough has enough is is already so broken. We have enough hatred, we have enough evil, we just have enough unkindness. Mm-hmm. Your even though it's just like that interaction that he had with you, Brett, I I feel like I where was I? What was I doing? Why didn't you call me in? Call a sister in. Like, let me go report these <laughs> two. Me in. I know like, I should have. I'm so should've. against public shaming. I'm so against bullying and harassment. Cancel culture. Can- mm-hmm. I'm so against cancel culture. Brett, you and I had a really great discussion on that too. Like, give people the opportunity to grow and be accountable. But I also feel like there is a time and place to have those types of conversations. Like, if he wanted to have a conversation with you, Brett, he could have and he should have. Well, he had it privately to start. He should have kept it in my opinion that way there are conversations we need to have in public absolutely public shaming people gets us nowhere if anything it makes them more resentful yeah it creates uh division I feel like it creates more trauma like and what I was what I was gonna say too aside from the the income you know going after somebody's income like we're all one-of-a-kind creatures and you guys know that I'm the Jesus loving woman that I am. I truly believe that we are all called for a purpose. We are all called Mm -hmm. to do something very specific on this earth. That is not all of us go save the whales because who then would go save the environment? Like, right. Like who we're not all called to do the same thing. We're all just doing the best that we can. At least I, I doing the best we we can. We're Mm -hmm. all doing the best that we can. We're all fighting for the things that we're passionate about. And that might look different from each other, but that doesn't mean going after somebody because like, how dare you Brett not save the world? Like, really? Like, I need you to just take a back seat. (laughs) (laughs) My lens is, you know, just to remember that hurt people hurt people. Yes. yes. And there's a lot of damaged and hurt people out there and they're going to find a path to, continue to damage hurt others because of their own hurt. They don't know how to process it. And when you're a public figure, you're opening yourself up to that. And I think it's just super important. The lesson I learned is as Broadway Husbands grows, I need to engage in the DMs less, Mm. right? I can, I can apologize and I can say yes, like, okay. But like, that was my lesson do not have a conversation with someone who's not willing to show their face or their name. And if you are going to have a conversation with them, either say like, let's do it over the phone. Let's do it somewhere where it can be recorded and shared publicly. Right. Right. Yes. Do it or do it in voice. But, note. do it in something. Cause wild. Not care. Like, not do just it. Yeah. not care. Cause like, dude, unfollow me. You don't like it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. We talk about this a lot 
um, in terms of the DMs. And when you open yourself up to these hard conversations, these tough topics, this deep water, you are opening yourself up to response. And one of the things that we have touched on is you do have a responsibility to kind of take that in, but it turns really quickly into this trauma dumping of like, here's my whole life story. Here's everything that's happening. Here's my thoughts, my feelings, my deep concerns. And even yesterday I posted, I posted three slides on what happened, happened in Texas with the school shooting and 75 responses came in to those, those messages and they were all lengthy. And I'm not saying that I didn't want that because I opened up the conversation. That was what I did. But I spent my entire day yesterday. When you post about those kind of things, you spend your entire day in your DMs. And what else? that's literally my that was literally my job yesterday. Yeah. You, I mean, you're going to trigger people mm. when you when you talk about real life things. I yeah. don't I don't know if it's necessarily wrong or right of me. Again, I go back to I'm always trying to do the best that I can. And there's certainly things I can, I think I can say that for all of us. There's things that we are doing behind the scenes that people don't see that mm-hmm. I know are making a difference. We're volunteering, oh we're donating, yes. we're, you know, giving our time, we're talking the with performative people. performative of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the people don't see that aspect. So I know Harley, you and I have talked about this too, that when tragedy hits the world, like how do then we as influencers, business owners, people Mm -hmm. that are on social media move forward. And I just go back to like, listen, I'm called to do something and I have, I have to keep moving forward in a different way. Mm -hmm. I have to keep moving forward because what I'm doing does matter. And I know people are like, what posting reels? No, it's so much more than that. I'm, I believe that I'm helping people grow a business that then can support their own families and their livelihood. So then they can donate to these bigger causes. Like it has a massive ripple effect, but what I'm doing like is a part of that. So even though I may not be posting on my socials, that's because, I mean, I so applaud those that are opening or like, you know, opening the conversation. I just know that I don't know that I can support people in that moment. So I yeah. go do the things that I know that I'm really good at helping with because that I, I'm sure can then feel heavy, but there's, there's no reason. Actually, one of my, one of the girls on my um, network marketing team, she posted about getting a target box um, that was filled with baby formula. And if you've been following the news mm-hmm. for a while, baby yep. formula has been lacking. Um, and somebody responded to it. How can you post about this when there was a mass shooting at an elementary school because you're a mother and that just hit her so hard. I'm like, that that's not fair for you to do. We can't do that to each other because again, we're just trying to do the best that we can in, in those certain circumstances. So it it can be hard to tune that out. But again, again, going back to the, do the best you can know that what you're doing is making a difference. The the hitch that I run into is that we have privilege to not be able to speak about it. But you also have privilege to be able to speak about it and sidestep your business for the day. Mm-hmm. It's a weird, yeah. weird spot. I feel, I feel most of the time when something happens, a tragedy happens, it feels tone deaf for me to, to post yeah. about anything that doesn't at least console right. or offer some, some bit of education. Like I may be like enraged, but it's not about me. Like I can't mm-hmm. change people's minds if I just go venting about how pissed off I am. But 
True. I, but I can hopefully share something that or somebody else who I follow who has and who is on that platform where they're educating people, I can share their content. But I think it's, I, you know, like for instance, we have some amazing content that we made on Broadway Husbands about formula that we cannot post right now. Yeah. Because it would be completely tone deaf yeah. for mm-hmm. us to be like talking about how Maverick spits, spits up on us from the formula that we feed him <laughs> when there's people who can't even get formula. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And I know that if I post it, we're going to get all kinds of shit from people. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, so it, it would be tone deaf. And I just need, you know, I think that's really important. And I think one of the reasons why I, I when I'm working with clients, even I'm just like, just be really careful about your automations and your scheduling and all of that, yes. because you want to, you want to still be real. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think some people, it's very obvious when, when they're not living in the real world, when they make a post and you're like, uh, you know, like something just happened in the world. <laughs> it's, it's, this mm-hmm. feels weird. Mm-hmm. I even saw, I mean, I saw a post recently that was from like boss babe or something that was how burnt out are you? And it was like levels of, t- it was toast. It was like eight pieces of toast from oh, I love that. Like white bread <laughs> to dark, dark burnt. And I was dying over it. And I was like, this is hysterical. And as much as it's not related to the shooting, to whatever, to all of the political context of the world, it's related to our mental health. So I think that there is that middle ground too that's not tone deaf, that's not necessarily... It's relatable. It. Like I, I, I put a photo of my stories yesterday of me eating a donut and it was like, how are you coping with your feelings today? I saw that. I, I saw feeling. that. And people were, people were going, oh my God, I'm eating like so much ice cream right now. You know, it, it's relatable. Yeah, yeah. So pivoting into... Our final questions, what is, I mean, you, you both have been around the block for a while. You've done this Instagram growth thing. You've dominated. Um, what is one thing that shocked you about growing a following other than all of the trauma dumping in your DMs? <laughs> Actually, I, I feel like it's a little, how, how much you are inviting people's um, unasked for opinions on things. You're like, wow, I put this out there and I did not know that I also put a question in there. What do you think about my choices to blah, blah, blah? I forgot I put that in there. I did not for sarcasm purposes. I did not put that in there. That was probably the biggest shock and that I also have become Google and YouTube. Yes. Like Mandy, Harley, we've talked about this a couple of times. (laughs) Mandy, how do you make a reel? I'm like, oh, no, no, mm mm-mm. Where I'm gonna, no, I'm no. gonna go find a YouTube tutorial for you, sister, or like how to, and, oh, and it's you not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that I became Google for some people, and it was just that kind of. But it was also really good to know that too, that people don't necessarily know that those are resources available to them. So I take it as yeah. a learning opportunity. I like to take a lot of moments that would be like, are you kidding me? Are you really asking me that right now? To, this is a great learning opportunity. This is a really great moment for me to give you resources. This is a great educational moment, right? Instead of going the, please do not waste my time with this question to, I you know have, I'm going to take so a learning many- moment. <laughs> I have so many thoughts about this. Number one, you're a freaking saint for sending the 
YouTube, YouTube tutorial. I just have two, one on, I have a link saved. Like it's the most basic. And at the same time, like, why don't I create something like that? So it's my content that they're going to, but I don't want to get into that. But yes, I just have one saved. I'm like, here you go. Copy paste. <laughs> two, you are so right about the uninvited advice. The like, oh yes, I'm posting about my hair doesn't look good today. And people jump in with recommendations. I'm like, mm, didn't ask. Have you didn't tried ask, this? Please. Have you tried this product or this oil or this I- cream or this mousse or this cow ear? Pitch me on your network marketing know. company. Go ahead. <laughs> Try having a baby. It's like <gasps> unreal the I amount bet. of unsolicited uh. baby advice we get. And and I feel like a lot of mothers or women, it feels this way that they just assume because two men that we don't know how to raise a kid. So we're getting mm. like long paragraphs. No. This is how you should do this. And this is how you should do that. And I'm like, this is girl. how you breastfeed. <laughs> girl, so you, go, that, you got it, Joanne. <laughs> That has been that's been interesting, but I think the thing that probably shocks me the most about like about growing a following is how little people actually see. Like Ooh. you think they're seeing your content. That's a you great think one. They're, or even when you're repeating things, you think, "Wow, I've done this like four times now." <laughs> yeah, and you just assume even people even people who follow you, and you're like you. You never saw that. I made it like I did like four versions of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think re- that's one of the things I'm constantly teaching people is like, you repeat yourself, please repeat yourself. Say There's so much content out there because no one's going to see it. it. It just, they just don't see it. <laughs> what is your, what is your number one piece of advice about putting your big, bold capital personality out there to just freaking do it? <laughs> that's it just to just freaking just do it we're just I I know that this is cheesy and it's cliche but like we're one of a kind individuals there's no other Brett there's no other Harley no other Mandy there might be similarities but that's what brings us together and connects us are our similarities and our similar interests we're all one of a kind beings like that is not something to just overlook Right. Mm-hmm. When this Mandy is gone, you will never see another version of this Mandy ever again. Like it is a blessing and a privilege to meet the right. people that we do. You are also a blessing to be you. So stop thinking that that is something to just like mull over and like think that it's not anything just this like it's big special. majestic thing. It's so yes. special. And I, again, I know that sounds cheesy and cliche, but whatever. I'm going to say it till the day I die. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's true. I think the other thing I, I, I would probably add to that is just be willing to fail. Yes. Be willing to do it badly in yes. order to get good. Yeah. And I think so many people are so afraid they're going to do it wrong or they're comparing it to other people's stuff. And so they just don't do it. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, you have an idea, put it out into the world. You never, you're never going to get good at it until you just start doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. You can't have those wins without the flops. Give me the flops. I need to see them. I need to know what doesn't work to know what does work. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out on Brand Me Creator Podcast. You can find Brett and Mandy in the show notes, their Instagrams, their TikToks, where to find them, where to work with them for more information. Thank you so much for being here, you two. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I want to... 
I'm going to be in a room with the two of you all, all day. The time. All day. Yes. <laughs> 24 7. <laughs> yes, please. Catch you later.